Hi, I'm Josie Brown, and this is Author Provocateur. Today, my guest is USA Today bestselling author Kathy Clamp, who writes urban fantasy and paranormal romances. Her shapeshifter urban fantasy romance series is called Tale of the Sazi. She also has a vampire trilogy, The Thrall. And as Kate Adams, she writes the urban fantasy series, The Bloodsinger. Kathy will be joining me at Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend 2018 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today, she and I will talk about her process for delving into fantastic universes and how she goes about world building for her series. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I am so excited to talk to you, first of all, because you're probably the first urban fantasy author I've ever interviewed. And I know. So it's exciting for me, too. And I just love the fact that when I read urban fantasy, I'm always in awe of how rich and deep and layered the stories are. So I wanted to ask you, my very first question to you is, how did the passion for urban fantasy come to you? I mean, where were you? What were you doing? How old were you? What what happened that said that clicked in your mind and said, this is something I want to write? Well, honestly, uh, a lot of it came from early reading of comic books. I was always a huge fan of comic books and superheroes. and But the one that probably really got me the most was the X-Files. Oh, I love X-Files. I know. When that first came on, uh, that was actually my very first novel, which will never see the light of day. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's actually a very good book. It, it was uh, originally set between seasons two and three, uh, when they were still kind of antagonistic uh, between Mulder and Scully. Right. Um, I, Being a brand new, shiny, aspiring writer, I had no clue about the industry. And had thought that I could write a file in, or, you know, a, a novel in uh, the X-Files and actually have somebody publish it. Right, fan I, fiction. <laughs> Before there was fan <laughs> fiction, yeah. Well, it was, it, there were tie-in novels at the time. So I, I thought that I could get an agent and I can sell it. Um, not realizing how that side of the industry works. Oh, yeah. And after being advised by several agents that I sent things to, um, that all thought that it was a good novel, but they were not interested in trying to work with the network and the developers and the creators and, you know, all the people that were involved with the television series. Um, I had two of uh, the agents recommend that I try to write an original novel and they would be interested in looking at it. Ooh. And so after having my hopes dashed, they were buoyed again, and I decided to try writing you know, a, a novel. Uh, I wasn't, I was a little nervous about writing paranormal because I had never created a world. And so I actually started in historical fiction. Ah. And my first novel was historical fiction and it was accepted. And once I kind of had that, okay, maybe you really can write and somebody will pay you for it. (laughs) I decided to actually try creating my own world. Your epic series. Um, Tales of the Sazi. Yes. I think that's a, first of all, I I love the fact that you have so many books already in it and that um, it's so unique as a premise. How did that come to you? That was actually a co-authored series. And the initial 
concept um, I worked out with a co-author, uh, C.T. Adams. Um, she was writing a novel about werewolves in Boulder because we both lived in Denver. Ah. And we uh, started talking about, okay, well, if there were werewolves in today's reality, how would they get away with it? <laughs> how, 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 how could you possibly be a werewolf and have nobody notice? And so we started coming up with a lot of very clever things like, uh, okay, you know, you have private schools that nobody can get into and they're all shapeshifters. Ooh. And uh, they, they only, you know, they only go up against, uh, you know, Catholic schools or, you know, other, you know, shapeshifter schools. And you have family-owned businesses where all of the family members, you know, run the business. And all of these things really exist. And so the more we started thinking about it, it's like, you know, they could actually pull it off if they were in a, you know, near a wooded area. Right, right. Because who's, who's going to notice? Right. It's sort of like Hogwarts, but for, for werewolves. Yeah, <laughs> for werewolves. And, and so, you know, the more we started thinking about it and the more we started saying, okay, well, how would they govern themselves and how would they, you know, protect the humans, you know, from, you know, somebody going on a rampage? And so that's kind of how a lot of it came out is uh, my, my first novel um, in the series was Hunter's Moon. Mm -hmm. And it was about a hitman um, who became a werewolf because he was hired to kill a werewolf. Uh -huh. And so um, he knew nothing about it. And he kind of came into the world via this is happening to me. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know any others like me. And I, I've just kind of got to live through it. Right. And, and also hunt, hunt them too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was, it was a very fun story to write. It is still our bestseller. So, I mean, it's always, always fun when, when, you know, your vision can, other people can look at it and go, Oh, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. And also think of it this way too. You're taking the reader into the world uh, along with him, they're both newbies in that world. Yes, that, that is one of the really critical elements of urban fantasy is that you have to eat. It, it really helps to have your, either your protagonist or somebody very close to them, very new to that sort of reality. Because otherwise, it, if you have both people that just know everything about it, it you can't tell the reader. Right, right. Well, I also um, love the fact that you then kind of shifted over and did a vampire trilogy, The Thrall. And um, yes. these books, you know, you've got this mortal heroine, but she's got to choose between, you know, ruling parasitic vampires. And at the same time, she's got, you know, a werewolf that is her love interest. And, you know, yeah. it seems like you you knew the werewolf world really, really well. <laughs> well, and see, we made the werewolves in that society completely different. That werewolves were completely well known and they were the most discriminated people on the planet. Because if you think about it, if you do a werewolf in that reality where it's adrenaline based, that you're going to shift into a werewolf anytime, you know, you get startled. Anytime you get into a near car accident, uh. anytime anything happens, your body is going to shift you into the, the fight mode. Right. Well, that means that you can't get a driver's license. I mean, you can't. 
nobody is going to rent to you because you could run amok at any time. <laughs> right. You can't hardly get a job that is going to be outside of any anything that would cause any stress. So they're they're hugely discriminated against in that world. And having our um, hero as a firefighter was so much fun because he is the ultimate search and rescue dog. Right, and that's Tom. Yes. Yeah, and, and having, having him have the ability to retain his human mind and his, his firefighter training in dog mode or wolf mode right. um, made him a huge asset to the department. Right. And also think about it, too, um, you know, mating with Katie would would kind of lean him more toward the humanistic side there. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. Not that I'm giving anything away or anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, And you also have your Siren Song series, which I find very fascinating because I love the fact that you're playing off the siren myth. And, you know, women using their powers to enthrall men, but in this contemporary world and at the same time, you know, you've got that whole, you know, again, you've got something that's fantastic and magical and, and, but in a, in a contemporary setting. And it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because the siren thing was almost an afterthought. Ooh. The first book, Blood Song, was intended to be a standalone. And it actually came about in one of those weird lightning strike moments where um, we were at a fantasy conference promoting a different book. And there, in most fantasy conferences, there is an art show. Right. And in the art show, there was a particular photograph of a woman with vampire fangs holding a black daisy in her mouth. Mm. And it was one of those that um, my co-author C looked at me and she said, oh my God, I know who this woman is. Mm. And I said, well, you need to get upstairs. You need to write it down before we both forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) So she went upstairs to the room and she starts frantically writing about this thing. I read it and said, oh, my God. And I know exactly who, you know, this other people are. And so I started writing. And we we actually had the first chapter of that written before we ever left the conference. (laughs) (laughs) Send it to her editor, and she was like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. You have to finish this. And and we actually were able to track down the artist of that photograph, and she did the covers for the first three books. Ooh, boy, that was great for her. <laughs> oh, it was great for her. It, it, and, and, I mean, that's a whole different story, but it, it's a really entertaining story. Anybody who comes to the con, if they want to hear the story of how we track down the artist, I would love to tell it. Oh, I think that will be fascinating. It, it, you know, just you giving that to readers because they always wonder about the art on the books. So, yes. yeah. yeah. And usually I really have no say in the art. In this particular case, we were very insistent. This is what we wanted. And fortunately, our editor agreed. She absolutely loved it. She wanted to use the Black Daisy photo. And it turned out that it was so everywhere over the Internet that they just couldn't gain the rights to it. Right. But at least you knew the author. You could contact the author and have something that's original and, and right for you. Well, we actually didn't know. The, the, uh, the photo there was unsigned. Oh. And as I said, tracking her down is a, a very interesting story. 
Wow. But I'm going to leave that as a teaser because it's a really fun story. <laughs> Which books will you be bringing to Barbara Bay? Are you bringing a little bit of all the series? or I'm bringing a little bit of everything. I, I was actually uh, uh, looking around. A lot of the early books have gone out of print. They're available in, in Nook and Kindle. Um, but a lot of the early ones, you know, you can find them used, but they're, they're really not in much out there. So I'm bringing five of every book in the Sazi series. Wow. And it was fortunate. We went to a, a, a Comic-Con in Dallas um, with Kevin Anderson. And he just, hap- he just contacted us last week saying that he had leftover stock of the Bloodsinger books that um, he wanted to give back to us. Wow, nice. And so he is going to ship five of each one of those to the con. So I'll have five of each one of all of our books. That is great. And, you know, I mean, it's not five is not much when you're talking about that many people, but I'm very hopeful that uh, most people already own them and just, you know, want to chat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So have you attended Barbara Bay before? Uh, I attempted to last year, and I wound up with pneumonia. I could not go, and I was heartbroken. I've known Barbara for years. We've been very good friends for years, and it's just usually I was at RT at the same time that this was happening. Right. And so this last year was the first year I could kind of break away from the the, the regular con schedule to – to get to it and then I couldn't get there. Right. So right. this is actually my first time. Good. Well, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures and, and, Oh uh, yes. <laughs> close track of the, uh, of both of the Facebook pages. I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, I think, uh, the art, the authors outdo themselves, but more, more to the point, the readers love you. You know, they just, they, they embrace the authors. They embrace their books. They're always open-minded as to, you know, what, what's out there to read and you really do pick up some really nice friends as well as readers oh very much so yeah I know I've learned so much from authors that are nowhere close to my genre um and and I I have a huge amount of respect for anybody who writes in any of the romance genres because people who don't write romance have no clue how difficult it is to pace a a a genre novel in with romance in it to try to pace those at the exact same you know all the plot points that mystery authors and various other authors have to do and to weave in the romance so that it makes sense and ebbs and flows properly you hit it right on the head it's more or less a combining of several several different sweets and spices to make just the right um bonbon read (laughs) exactly exactly and and one thing i will say that i have to give myself a well c and i both a a little bit of credit on touch of evil for those who didn't see it um touch of evil was named one of the top 10 or top 100 romance novels of the decade wow by the library association oh my god that's great and you will have some of that there Yes, actually, that will be one uh, that and Hunter's Moon. Um, so, two, the first first one in two different series will be available uh, through Barnes and Noble. Perfect, perfect. Well, Kathy, I want to thank you for um, sharing with me just your genre, your love, your passion for your books. It's inspiring to other authors as well. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on, and I very much look forward to meeting you. I know, finally, right? (laughs) 
Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, authorprovocateur.com, and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview, feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur, signing off.